0: Our scripture reading is Second Corinthians twelve, one to four. And I read this uh, short passage. Because our text is about the Holy Spirit groaning a prayer that is too deep for words. Groaning a prayer that cannot be expressed in human language. And here in 2 Corinthians 12, we read about Paul being caught up in the third heaven. The first heaven is the sky and the second heaven is what's beyond the sky, and the third heaven is, is heaven. That's just the way people thought in those days. And he's caught up in a third heaven. And he also heard things that human words could not express. That, that's why I'm reading that. And there might be a link between that he heard this in, in heaven and what he now writes about the Holy Spirit's intercessory prayer. It's in a section there in chapter 11 and 12, and Paul was having a rough time, and people were opposing him, and they were demeaning Paul, and they were elevating themselves because they had all sorts of visions and all sorts of human credentials, and, you know, Paul's not on that page. He doesn't think that way, but he says, well, I'll lower myself to your standard for a moment. And if you really want to do that, I I got a lot to boast about, too. And so that's, that's what he's talking about here. He'd rather not do it, but he does it anyway. I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man, well, that's himself, right? That's himself, but he doesn't want to boast about that, really. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. But God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which can be translated as well, which cannot be expressed in human language which man may not utter. Now we go to our text. Romans 8, the verses 26 to 30. The word likewise picks up what he had just written about the Holy Spirit giving us hope And then we hope with patience for the full installment of the Holy Spirit in creation and in ourselves. So the Spirit helps us with the hope. Now he helps us in another way, with a prayer. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. But he who searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, For those whom he foreknew or foreloved, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Well, the theme for this morning's message is because you and I don't know how to pray as we ought, and that ought also can be need. We don't know how to pray as we really need to. Uh, The Holy Spirit comes to our help and he prays his own prayer uh, in and from our lives. This is an amazing passage. Really, the more I I worked on it, the more I was stunned into silence that, that this is a reality for the Christian faith. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, well, if we don't know how to pray as we ought, maybe it's good to ask ourselves at the outset, what has been the content of your prayers? during this pandemic that has lasted just, well, it's actually, we're still in it, but has been lasting for about 16 months or so. I think it started in officially in March, but a bit before that, what, what have you been praying for? My guess is that you and I prayed that the pandemic would soon go away and that life could get back to normal and you wouldn't have to wear masks anymore You wouldn't have to social distance. You wouldn't have to quarantine. And uh, you could come back and have in-person worship again like you always did. That's my guess. Would have been the content of your prayer regarding that fact. And I could also ask, what has been the content of your prayers uh, when you experience the sufferings, other sufferings, Of this present time which I spoke about last week. The sufferings that are the result of all sorts of injustice in this world, the sufferings that are the result of personal brokenness, and the sufferings that are the result of you and I living in a godless and wicked world. Peter writes about Job or not Job, Lot. Lot, the righteous Lot suffering when he lived in Sodom. We often don't think of Lot that way, but Peter writes that. He, he actually suffered because he lived in Sodom. And you and I suffer as well, I trust, because we live in a godless and wicked world. And thirdly, we could ask ourselves, Do you ever have the feeling that you don't know how to pray as you ought, as you really should be praying, because you don't really know what is good for you, really good for you? Yeah, we may think we know, but from God's perspective, we may be totally on the wrong page, and we don't know what's good for our loved ones. Well, rest assured, the Spirit tells us in our text, which is also about prayer, that the Spirit prays his own prayer in and from our lives. Just to get the context, Paul has already taught that when we live in the Spirit, the Spirit enables us to become people and places where heaven and earth meet. That is astounding. He's also taught us that when we live in the Spirit, the Spirit encourages us in our struggle with the virus of sin in our lives. That was an amazing text as well. And he's also encouraged us last week that when we live in the Spirit, the Spirit teaches us to wait with patience for the full installment of life in the Spirit for a new humanity and for creation itself. And now he teaches us this, that because you and I don't know how to pray as we ought, he prays his own prayer in and from our lives why does he do that? Well, he does it because we don't know how to pray as we ought. So maybe I should ask, why don't we know how to pray as we ought? Well, because we are weak, says our text. In the same way the Spirit comes to our help in our weakness. We're broken people, brothers and sisters. We're limited people. And we live in a broken and limited world. And part of that brokenness and that limitedness is that you and I don't know how to pray as we ought. We pray, and perhaps we pray a lot, and maybe we even are very careful to pick just the right words for our prayers. But because you and I don't have a complete insight, we're human. And we're broken humans. We don't have a complete insight into the present and into the future. We don't know how to pray as we really need to pray. And that's no small thing Because the younger ones among us, yeah, you haven't gone to catechism yet, but when you do, so maybe the ones who have gone to catechism, what does the catechism say about prayer? About the importance of prayer? It's the most important part of our thankfulness. So if we don't know how to pray as we ought, we don't know how to do the most important thing of our thankfulness. And Calvin said that the chief exercise of prayer, the chief exercise of faith, is prayer. So you believe, and then the chief exercise of your faith is to go to God in prayer. Someone compared this to breathing. How important is breathing for you? Well, it's not hard uh, to imagine this with COVID, I mean, all sorts of people ended up on ventilators, they need to keep breathing, because if you don't keep breathing properly, your body's not going to function properly. And others ended up on life support, because they couldn't breathe on their own. Breathing is important. And prayer has been compared to the breath of the soul. So if breathing is that important for our physical bodies, can you imagine how important prayer is for our soul? Because prayer is the breath of the soul. Well, in this weakness, the Spirit comes to our help. And He groans. He groans His own prayer in and from our lives. However, the prayer that he groans is too deep for words. It cannot be expressed in human language. How does Paul actually know this? Well, maybe God just revealed that to him. There's more than one way he could have known that. But we know that he wrote about something in 2 Corinthians 12, he was caught up into the third heaven. And, and what he saw there in heaven and what he heard there in heaven was so overwhelming that he doesn't even know anymore whether he was in heaven with his body. He says that a couple of times. He doesn't even remember whether he was there in his, with his body or whether it was an out-of-the-body experience. That's how overwhelming the glory of heaven was for the Apostle Paul. And then in heaven, he heard things. Yeah, he heard a divine language. He didn't understand it, I don't think, because he was human, but he heard a divine language. Things that could not be expressed in human words. And now he writes about the Spirit. Maybe he heard the Spirit groaning in heaven. That's not inconceivable. He might have heard that. Groaning in heaven with groans that could not be expressed in human words. And he tells us this in Romans 8. And with these groans these inexpressible groans in human words. He helps us in our weakness. He intercedes for us before the Father with a prayer that has complete insight into what you and I need today and what we need tomorrow. And so how many intercessors do we have? brothers and sisters. Oh. We have one intercessor in heaven. That's Jesus. And now we have another intercessor in our soul. The Holy Spirit. And it's almost like we're caught up in a safety net. Right? We're caught up in a sort of a divine embrace of God the Father in Christ Through the Holy Spirit, the Father loving us, and the Son interceding for us in heaven, and then the Holy Spirit here on earth interceding for us in our souls, in our hearts, with inexpressible groanings. And the Father, he hears these groanings. The Father is the searcher of the hearts, the very... Interesting expression. He searches our hearts. And as the Father is searching our hearts, what does He hear? He hears your groaning. And He hears my groaning. But as He hears your and my groaning, He also hears the groaning of the Holy Spirit. And He understands, He knows what is in the mind of the Spirit when he hears these groanings of the Spirit as the searcher of the hearts. Because the groaning of the Holy Spirit, that prayer that the Holy Spirit prayers from our lives is in accordance with the will of the Father. In other words, what the Spirit wants, the Father also wants. And Jesus also wants as well. And what do they want? That's the big question. What do they want? What's the overall goal? I've been telling you this in a number of sermons. This is not a test, but you, you could know. What do they want? I say that God is on a mission for his glory. He wants to clothe. Yeah, think of that, a clothing. We often say that when we go to heaven, we, we graduate. We graduate and we go to heaven. And when you graduate, you get a gown, right? Most people do. And so he wants to clothe us. He wants to put this gown gown of glory upon creation and upon a new humanity so that he will be all in all because that is according to the will of God and because all these things are according to the will of God you and I know that all things work together For the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And here's another question. What is this all? This all things work together for good. What is this all? Well, it's all. (laughs) It's everything. But especially in the light of our text, I think we can focus a little clearer and get the camera a little sharper in focus, that these all, Paul is focused on, all the sufferings of this present time. Because back in verse 18, he had said, all the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed. So this all, even though it literally means all, the focus is here on all the sufferings of this present time, sufferings because of your personal brokenness, your sicknesses, and loved ones dying, your handicaps and your limitations because of things in your body or in your psyche. Suffering because of the injustices in this world, and so forth. But also the pandemic. Having to wear a mask. Think about that. Having to wear a mask. Having to social distance. Having to quarantine. Not being able to have in-person worship for such a long time. All these things and more, says Paul, work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And what's the good? Yeah, this text is often misunderstood, brothers and sisters. You know, something bad happens to you, and then the bad thing goes away, and you say, see, God says all things work together for good. Because <laughs> I got my money back, you know, or I got this back and got that back. And maybe way down the road that might be included. But that's not the first meaning of the text. What is this good? Being clothed with the glory of God. More precisely, and you sang about this before the service started being clothed with Jesus, who is the embodiment of the glory of God, the excellence and the splendor of God's perfect life, the perfect human being, the human son that God always wanted in Adam. And the human daughter, so to speak, that God always wanted in Eve and didn't get. But he got it. Finally got it in Jesus, the incarnate Son of God. Raised with an incorruptible and an immortal body. A son who is beautifully receptive to the voice of the Father completely open to the provision of the Father. Completely available to the leading of the Father. That's the good. All our sufferings of this present time are meant to work together for that good. On earth... That's what God wants. On earth, he doesn't just want to live in heaven, right? He wants an earth, right? On which the life of heaven is kind of like reduplicated, reflected, and represented on earth as in heaven. And Paul says we know this. He doesn't say, I know this. He says, we know this. So you know this too. And I know this. That all these sufferings of this present time work together for the good of being clothed with the glory of Jesus, the embodied presence of God. We know this. How do we know this? How do we know this? Because we know the purpose of God. Yeah, we only know the purpose of God because God revealed it. And these are verses 29 and 30 of our text. And what is the purpose of God? God wants a big family of human sons and daughters who are all clothed with the glory of Jesus. A big family. That's what he wants. For those whom he foreknew, we can say foreloved, because the word know has the notion of loving. Those whom he foreloved, he predestined. Yeah, you get into predestination here, and I'm not going to make it complicated for you. There's another sermon for that. So I'm just going to kind of give you the main things, okay? I'm not going to confuse you. Those whom he foreloved, he predestined. And why did he predestine us? To be conformed to the image of his Son. That he, the Son, might be the firstborn among many brethren. And the author to the Hebrews writes about that in chapter 2, verse 10. Jesus came to bring many sons to glory. Please, when people ask you and say, why did Jesus come? Yeah, he came to forgive us our sins. Yeah, he did that. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Because without the forgiveness, you'd have no glory. But you understand that the forgiveness is a stepping stone. It's a stepping stone to a life of holiness. And it's a stepping stone to the life of glorification. So why did Jesus come? He came to glorify us. To make us like himself. So that we could share in his status of sonship. Have that same status. And we could share in his communion of love with the Father. And Paul says, those whom he predestined like that, he called. That means he brings them to faith. Just like God said, let there be light... And there was light, so God says, let there be faith in Sarah's life. Let there be faith in John's life. I want John and Sarah to believe, and he brings them to faith. Faith that joins Sarah and the other person to Jesus, so that we become members of the body of Jesus His eyes, His ears, His mouth, His hands, and His feet. We represent Jesus. And those whom He called, He justified. Because faith joins us to Jesus. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our justification. In Him, we are accepted in the family of God. In Him, we are declared to be righteous. And those are whom He justified, He glorified. Past tense. It's already an accomplished fact in heaven. In principle, we are already clothed with the glory of Christ in heaven. So that when Jesus returns, we will be just like Jesus. But what is already a fact in principle will become a fact in practice. And in order to make it a fact in practice, the Spirit prays that prayer in and from our lives. That, that is the content of the Spirit's prayer. And I come back to the beginning. What was the content of your and my prayer during this time of the pandemic? I won't list all the options because you know them. And what was the content of our other prayers that we sent up because of the sufferings that we experience? in this present time. How, how aware are you and I really that because of our human weakness, we really don't know how to pray as we ought? Let that sink in. And how aware are you and I really that the good, the good that all things work together for is the good of being clothed with the glory of Jesus in order to help you and me really hear what God is saying to us this morning let's ask ourselves two more questions how often did you and i pray during this time of the pandemic that God would use the inconvenience of the pandemic to make us look more like Jesus. Yeah, I'm silent for a moment. Sure, you can pray that the pandemic goes away. Sure, you can pray that you can have in-person worship again. All of those things and more. My point is this. How often did you connect the dots? How often did you and I pray that all of these inconveniences would somehow be used by God to form Jesus more in our lives. And how often did you and I pray during times of illness, during times of setback, during times of hardship, that God would use these setbacks and these hardships To bring us closer to Him, so close to Him that we begin to look more like Jesus, the embodiment of His presence. The good news is this Jesus says to you and me this morning even though you and even though I do not know how to pray as we ought during this time of pandemic and other difficulties he says this to us my spirit prayed his own prayer in and from your life and the more that you live in my spirit this is it the more you live in my spirit the more you will find yourself praying that prayer too. Amen.